Hi, I'm Eric Carter Lundeen, and you might know me from True Consequences Podcast. And I'm Alex, and you may not know me at all. And, and we, we are, are Dos Pukenos. Join us weekly as we tell you all about the paranormal in New Mexico. We will cover aliens, ghosts, and other weird happenings and phenomena. You can find Dos Pukenos wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Stay spooky, and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review Dos Pukenos. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dos Pukenos. Peace! Introducing Buffalo Run Designs. Debbie York is a Choctaw and lifelong Oklahoma native. She has been designing and creating jewelry and assorted crafts for many years. And after friends, including me, telling her she needed to sell her art, she's finally making it available for sale with a lifetime guarantee on her workmanship. I have known Debbie for 20 years, and I've seen her designs over the years, and I actually have a piece that she custom-made for me, and I ordered a custom piece for my daughter for a Christmas gift as well. And both are stunning. Her website will be up soon, and I'll be giving you the details on that in an upcoming podcast. Until then, if you're interested in Debbie's designs, please contact me. You can get a hold of me on the Facebook page or the Facebook group at Lucky Charms Unplugged. Welcome, friends, to another scintillating edition of Lucky Charms Unplugged. I'm your host, Jackie Jean. I want to talk about my dog for just a minute. Kelly, my wonderful, very old border collie, was diagnosed with a tumor on her spleen. It is surmised that because of the size of the tumor, it's benign but they can't tell me anything for sure without a biopsy. And I'm just not going to put a 15-year-old dog through that kind of pain. The vet agrees with me, so the plan is to give her turkey tail, which is a mushroom known to shrink tumors and improve immune response, and yan-yan bio, which stops bleeding. The thing about these tumors is that they start to bleed into the peritoneum. So the big thing that makes them feel bad is the bleeding. They get anemic. I don't know how long Kel will be around, but at the time of this recording, she's eating, playing, and pretty much being a normal 15-year-old border collie. So she'll remain in the background of both of my podcasts until she can no longer be in the background. I don't know how long that'll be, but... We're hoping for at least a few more months. So on with the show. I have to shout out my daughter Jessica for this idea. I've been wanting to do an episode on weddings, so this was the push I needed. Superstitions about weddings are everywhere. Some of them are very well known, and others are very specific. And I'm going to talk about as many as I can. There are some common wedding superstitions that everyone does. 
One is wearing a veil. Apparently, this superstition began in Rome so the bride could hide her face from evil spirits who are jealous of her happiness. There is an old superstition that says the bride and groom aren't supposed to see each other the night before the wedding. This one dates back to a time of arranged marriages. The parents wouldn't allow the couple to see one another the night before the wedding, so they wouldn't change their minds and cancel the wedding. According to Hindu tradition, rain on your wedding day signifies fertility and cleansing. So, hope for a downpour, or get married in Washington State. It's really bad luck to give knives as a wedding gift. It signifies cutting the relationship off. So, brides, if you get a knife as a wedding gift, give the giver a penny so that you've paid for the knives and it's no longer a gift. In medieval times, it was believed that women were particularly affected by evil spirits through the soles of their feet. So the husband would keep evil spirits from coming into their new home by carrying the bride over the threshold. I'm not sure that I get it because he wouldn't carry her over the threshold ever again. So, did this just make the spirits run away? Couldn't she drag them in later? I don't know. According to English lore, finding a spider on your wedding dress is a good omen. It signifies a long marriage because the web binds the couple together. Don't kill the spider. Just saying. The English also believe that Wednesday is the best day to marry. I have no idea why, but there it is. I know it's cheaper to rent a venue in the middle of the week, so there's that. Saturday is supposed to be the unluckiest day to get married. Maybe because venues are a lot more expensive on the weekends? It's harder to find a band? I got nothing. A bride should never use her married name before the wedding. This superstition claims that if you even write your married name before the wedding, the wedding won't happen. Monogram your stuff after the wedding and don't try to pull the wool over anyone's eyes by saying that you're married before you actually have the paperwork. If a bride sees a monk or a nun on her wedding day, it signifies a barren life and the couple will be dependent on charity for as long as they live. In Ireland and Norway, the bride will wear bells on her gown and in the case of Norway, she'll also have a tiara made with bells to chase the evil spirits away. And of course, after most weddings, the church bells ring. In Italy, it's common for the bride and groom to break a vase on their wedding day. Well, they don't really break it. They shatter it. The couple wants it to break into as many pieces as possible. The more pieces of glass they have, the more years they'll have in a happy marriage.
It's supposed to be really good luck for a bride to cry on her wedding day. The idea is that she'll shed all of her tears at the wedding so that the rest of her life can be happy. In Greece, a sugar cube hidden in the bride's glove will sweeten the union. It may also make things a little sticky when shaking hands. The ancient Romans would kill a pig and study the entrails to figure out when would be the best time to marry. Lucky for everyone but the pig, I'd say. In Egypt, women pinch the bride on her wedding day for good luck. Muslim brides will paint their hands and feet in henna for the day to keep the evil eye off of them. In Sweden, a bride will put a silver coin from her father and a gold coin from her mother in each shoe so that she'll never do without. I'm wondering if Swedish descendants in America put debit cards in each shoe. In Finland, a bride will go door-to-door in her neighborhood collecting gifts in a pillowcase. She must be accompanied by an older married gentleman. He signifies a long marriage. This is sort of like trick-or-treating for weddings. In Holland, the couple will plant a pine tree in front of their house on their wedding day to signify longevity, luck, and fertility. Wedding rings are worn on the fourth finger of the left hand, also known as the ring finger, because it was once thought that there was a vein going from that finger directly to the heart. Lapidaries believe that the sapphire, not the diamond, is the symbol of lasting happiness in a marriage. Also, aquamarine ensures a long and happy marriage. So reconsider that diamond, ladies. In Victorian England, which was a very weird time in a very weird place, snake rings with ruby eyes were popular. The snake would wrap around the finger and symbolized eternity. In Asia, the bride and groom wear robes with cranes embroidered on them. The crane is the symbol of long life and luck. Okay, Denmark. Denmark has the most fun superstition of all of them. At weddings in Denmark, the bride and groom cross-dress to confuse the evil spirits. That is the most fun tradition I've heard of yet. Now I really want to go to Denmark to go to somebody's wedding. I'll just crash it. It's fine. In Egypt, the bride's family will do all of the cooking for the couple for a week after the wedding so that the couple can relax and, well, get to know each other. In South Africa, the couple's parents would bring fire to the hearth of the newlyweds 
so that their hearth would burn bright forever. The phrase tying the knot came from Celtic, Hindu, and Egyptian cultures. All three of these cultures would tie the bride and groom together at the wrist to signify their bond with one another. The Greek goddess Juno is the symbol of fertility. She gives rise to the popularity of June weddings. The bride stands to the left of the groom in Christian ceremonies so that the groom can fight off other suitors with his dominant or right hand. About 7,000 people get married in the U.S. every day. And at least some of these superstitions are put in place in each wedding. But the U.S. isn't the only place where people get married. And so we should look at some lesser-known superstitions surrounding marriage. In Borneo... The couple will spend three days together before the wedding to strengthen their bond. But the downside to this is that neither one of them can go to the bathroom, so it also strengthens their kidneys. I don't know about you, but I would never make it. Mexico has a really beautiful tradition that has kind of a scary name. El lazo, or the lasso, is made of flowers and rosary beads and is draped around the shoulders of the couple in a figure eight. It symbolizes the unity of the couple and also symbolizes infinity, the time that the marriage will last. The only thing that bothers me about this is calling the beads and the, and the flowers the lasso. It seems like you're just roping someone in. Okay. Avoid getting married in France. The wedding couple will eat chocolate and drink champagne the night before the wedding. Now, this part sounds great, but it has a catch. They have to eat and drink from a toilet bowl. It's supposed to strengthen the bond between the couple. That, for me, is not happening. In Armenia, the Nuliads will balance lavash bread on their shoulders to keep evil spirits away. After the ceremony, the couple will go to the groom's home for the reception, and the bride's mother will give them lavash bread and honey. The lavash bread will be balanced on the couple's shoulders, and they will eat the honey. This wards off evil and encourages happiness in the marriage. In the Congo, the couple is not allowed to smile during the whole day of their wedding. If the couple smiles, it shows that they aren't serious about their relationship. The Chinese have several cool traditions and two lesser ones involve weddings. In the first one, the groom will shoot the bride with arrows that have no tips. He collects the arrows and 
breaks them to ensure that their love will last forever. It's a good thing that this happens after the wedding vows have been exchanged. The bride's family will also hire a good luck woman to accompany the bride as she travels from her home to her future husband's home. She is transported in a sedan chair, and during the entire journey, her attendants are throwing rice on her while shielding her from evil spirits with parasols. Rice is a symbol of health and prosperity in China. And now you know where the tradition of throwing rice at weddings in the U.S. came from. In Greece, the groom's best man, or groomsman, will shave his friend's face with a straight razor before the wedding. Do some of these traditions sound a little dangerous to you? In Guatemala, the groom's mother will break a ceramic bell filled with rice and flour at the wedding to bestow prosperity on the couple. In Fiji, the future groom will gift his future father-in-law with a whale's tooth before asking for his daughter's hand in marriage. I'm kind of wondering if that whale's tooth isn't passed down through generations or something. It'd be kind of tough to find a whale's tooth. Just saying. So, as a final look into superstitions of wedded bliss, let's explore the something old, something new tradition. This tradition, of course, dates back to Victorian England. These things are to be carried by the bride in her wedding dress at her wedding. And the phrase is, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, and a sixpence for your shoe. I think I had a quarter in my shoe when I was married. The sixpence is no longer made, And since I'm American, I'd have a double dare to find one in Colorado in the early 90s. Anyway, the something old ties the bride to her past. Something new symbolizes hope and optimism for the future. Something borrowed from a happily married friend is believed to bring good luck and fertility to the couple. Something blue symbolizes love, purity, and fidelity, but was also supposed to ward off the evil eye. Every culture has an evil eye that needs to be avoided. The sixpence, or in my case, the coin, was to bring prosperity to the couple in all of their future endeavors. Okay, so that's all the marital bliss that I can stand for one day. I wish all of the couples that are newly married or are planning to be married soon a happy and joyful life together. Try some of these traditions to ensure it. I suggest avoiding the toilet eating and shooting your fiancé with arrows. And if you're going to break stuff, 
get ugly vases from Goodwill and don't break the fine china. If you have comments or questions or suggestions for future shows, you can interact with me on the Facebook page or at the Facebook group at Lucky Charms Unplugged. I love to talk to people, and usually I'll take your suggestions or comments and run with them. I have so much fun doing that. There is an Instagram page, but I'm not very good with Instagram, so sometimes it takes me a minute to figure out what's going on out there. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Share the luck. If you'd like free content, free merch, and some crazy extra content, head to my Patreon page at Lucky Charms Unplugged at patreon.com. The extra content there will be deep dives into some traditions, cultures, and events that seem lucky on the surface, but maybe aren't. I'll look into the burning of Zozobra, Santa de Muerte, and some of the famous people who tried to mitigate their luck in a very unlucky ways. I'm still working on the Russian cats. I'm not an artist, so if there are artists listening and you'd like to help me create Russian cat merch, please contact me. I would love some help at this point. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, Let's get lucky.